Welcome to the Honor Roll Insurance Podcast. This is a podcast of the Toscano Agency, which by the way, was founded on Bill Toscano's front porch over 52 years ago. The front porch is a strange place to start a business. It's because his wife would not let him use the dining room. Smart lady. We're still family owned, operated, and friendly here at the Toscano Agency. And we really like to talk to our agents. We have a great webinar coming up on how to sell on value. So make sure you join us on September the 13th at 11 o'clock. You can register early at toscano.com forward slash webinars. On today's episode, we're talking about how to make price completely irrelevant, whether this is with employees or this is with clients. Without further ado, here's today's episode. Hey, Dana. How are you? It's Friday. Happy Friday, Nicole. I'm good. How are you doing? Wonderful. It's finally not 90 degrees here anymore. It's been like such a stinking heat wave. I have my windows open this morning and I'm digging it. How beautiful. Yeah. I was in the fifties this morning. Glorious, Mm -hmm. no humidity. (laughs) It does feel like fall. We're not quite there yet. So I don't think the heat's quite over, but I'll take the reprieve for a couple of days until it lingers back in. But uh, no, it is beautiful. I can't complain at all. Take a little less rain, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, it was great yeah. to see you last week. Oh, my dear. Yeah. So we all, in a while. <laughs> I know we all got to celebrate, um, and get some great training at Toscano. We got together and had a company event for a whole weekend. Our spouses got to come. We work for the best company. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's so refreshing. I come back from those events and I'm like re-energized, re-motivated the collaboration, super high, like, I love that we are able to do that. And I know that a lot of companies don't take the time to do that, but we're very fortunate to be able to, because a lot of us are remote and we don't see each other anymore. Yeah, it was, it was really nice to get together like that. And um, you're right. We're, we're so fortunate. I mean, I, I personally, I mean, didn't have much of that before I came here. So mm-hmm. um try to take advantage when those of our opportunities arise as long as the schedules allow. But that was wonderful. We had a great time. Hope you did too, Nicole. Yes, absolutely. It's nice to have the rest. And I got a massage, which was wonderful and oh, nice. um was a really great time. So um just great to get together and have excellent training um from the DeJulius group. They did a great job yes. helping us to have some great customer service training. And with that, that kind of leads into what we're talking about today. This is a topic, and I talk to agents, I talk to thousands of agents all of the time. This is something that comes up often. How do you make price irrelevant? You know, everything right now in our world is completely crazy. We all know the economy is changing. Prices are up. It's gas prices. It's building prices. Eggs are $4 a dozen, where they're usually 99 cents. Like, price is obviously on everybody's mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as service providers... And customer service folks, we hear the complaint of price all the time, especially when it comes to insurance. It's something they can't touch. They can't see. They don't understand necessarily why they're paying, what they're paying for it. So how do we walk through that conversation to make price irrelevant? And I know it's kind of cliche. Well, you sell on value, not on price. What does that actually stink and mean, people? Like, it's a great thing to say, sell on value. Well, how exactly do I do that? So I want to talk through that a little bit today and both of our positions and, you know, experiences that we've had with this. But I am going to do a huge segue and a huge, um, you know, kind of a, a throw out ad here. 
We are having a really awesome webinar specifically about this in September and more details to follow on that. But um, some common reasons we see that people are calling for price, you know, maybe there is a for the policy, there's been an increase due to an endorsement. And Dana, you deal with this on a regular basis with agents. You're going to talk a little bit about yeah. those types of calls you get. <laughs> yeah, no, we completely understand. It comes down, like some for some people, it comes down to price. Now, let's be realistic, you know, depending on the value. If it's a way big gap and there's, we're talking thousands of dollars in between. Yeah. I will be honest, that can be a little bit harder to start to sell value. <laughs> you know, if we're talking $10,000, you know, we're going to do our best. But I will tell you, though, recently um, we helped salvage an account that we had some competition on. But we got down to the nitty gritty of what the company that we wrote with had to offer and how we accommodated this insured. This insured had a lot of um, details, detailed additional insured contracts that not met, a lot of companies necessarily would have complied with. Okay. And a lot of times when these came in, it, it was a lot of time on our end, but our companies, we had such a great relationship. They were able to accommodate it. And that was one of our selling points. And it was that, Hey, well, your company, if you move this for this couple thousand dollars now, I know that's a lot of money, but we're talking a bigger commercial policy. Right. If you move this, what if that company doesn't comply with those contracts? This guy could lose loads. It can, you know, and not get work. So he's losing more on the back end than this couple grand that I don't want to, you know, <laughs> wave my hand at. But the more important part is the coverage and these contracts and protecting yes. and have the right coverage in place. And guess what? We helped. We were able to work with the company. We helped get the price down a little bit more. We didn't beat the competition that I know of, but because of these contracts and what our company did to accommodate this insured, we still maintained it. So there's so much more to value. And that's just one example where price doesn't always win out, but you got to know your customer. You got to know their needs and the nitty gritty of what the repercussions could be if they would move it. Kind of know right. your competition too. I think that's the other part sometimes. Oh yeah, definitely. That market intel is important and understanding. But you know, when you're doing a comparison side by side with you know your your competition and another agency, another company, you know the thing that's important is to identify the gaps, the thing that other person missed. Not necessarily the price, but what are they missing? What didn't they think of? What didn't they add on here? that they should have, because there's always something, there's difference in products. So, you know, and we need to be able to identify that as insurance professionals. So yeah, know your competition is really important, but this is something I want to talk about. And I think every single person can relate. Also choose your customers wisely. We all know the customer that calls on a Friday at 4.30 saying, hey, I have a quote. I want you to take a look at it and tell me how the pricing will be different. I want to make sure I have that limited torque option. <laughs> we all know that customer, right? They're leading with price. And a lot of customers do lead with price. I'm not necessarily that that saying that that's a bad thing, but that last minute person who obviously has no idea what's going on with their coverage because they're calling tort, tart or torque or whatever the heck people say these days. Um, can you turn that conversation around? I don't know. If they're so hyper-focused, 
and they're already saying they're not interested in, you know, maybe a coverage review or whatever, that should be a red flag. Right. Did you experience this, Dana? Have you experienced this? All the time. And I think at the beginning stages, you're so eager to, to try to write a piece of business and maybe even try to help educate people. You'll end up, I hate to say it, but you'll end up wasting a lot of your own time and even their own time, because at that point, they're just looking at the, they're waiting for you to tell them the bottom line number. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So you're here trying to preach and tell them all these things. But as over time, you get to the, the feel out your customers and who you really want to work with. Because in all honesty, if they're calling you on a 430 on a Friday to say, I need you to beat $75 a month of my car insurance, like I used to get all the time. Mm-hmm. And I do all this jibber jabber and I come in at 80 they heard nothing until I said $80 a month. Right. And then they're out the door. And honestly, if that's, if they're that way right now, unless you could really get that rapport, they're going to probably leave you six months to a year, whatever. The next time they get $5 right. cheaper a month. Yep. Else, you you know? get them on price or lose them on price. Right. Exactly. Now. And, and I, I get it. It's a lot harder, but if you can feel the amount if people are legitimately shopping and legitimately concerned. Yeah that opens the pathway to get in and talk to them in more detail about the coverages and what the mm-hmm. value of the coverages really are. And you're, you're stepping away from price. You're talking about the value of what they're paying for. Yes. You can definitely. open that door. You're good. <laughs> you're yeah. Good. Numbers need context. They do. Don't like, if you're sitting down with somebody and you, you've taken the time to do the quotes and you have three different options and you go, okay, this one saves you $800. This one saves you $500. This one saves you $300. They're not going to listen to anything else you say after that. Right. And you need to share what those dollars mean. Very, very important. So um, this is a kind of a crazy question, but what is expensive? Is $1,000 expensive? Is $5,000 expensive? Is $10,000 expensive? You can't answer that question without context. So right. is $1,000 expensive for a toothpick? Yeah, it's a toothpick. Unless it's made of gold or something, yes, that's expensive. But is $1,000 expensive if you're buying a Ferrari? No, absolutely not. So the context has to be there. And I think that is the biggest area that most insurance professionals miss when it comes to selling on value and not on price. So instead of starting with, and I used to do this when I first became a producer, okay, I'm going to save you this much with this one, this much with this one, this much with this one. Boom. Yes. I still close deals, but you don't necessarily keep that really good client. And as we become, you know, more confident, more familiar, you know, more into our role, we can start to be a little bit more selective on the clients we choose to work with. You got that guy calling you at 430. Like I said, where's he going? We're going to put him with progressive because we're probably going to end up losing him. And I, I hate to, to be judgy like that, but if this person you know, lost coverage, missed a payment, this, that, and the other thing, we're not selling on value to them. They're looking for a number. And I know many agencies that won't even work with those types of clients anymore. Did you have any kind of like um training? I know you were for a you worked for a captive agency yeah. before Dana. Did you have like a process? Tell us a little bit about about that and your experience with, you know, selling on value and and leading with those coverages. Yeah, the, the principal agents that ran that were in the office, that was their sole focus. It was building the value and the trust and I remember the one agent specifically, he was so good at a lot of things, but he, you know, he sat down and we were doing just 
him and I would talk about different ways of approaching things because over time things evolve and we just would practice. And he, I don't know, he was just a really good um, to boss to have to work with, I thought. Mm-hmm. But, um, and he sat down with me one time and he said, really, Dana, if you take a look at this, if you take it the, the cost per thousand, the higher liability protection actually is the better value for these customers. And I said, wow, that, that makes a lot of sense. So we yeah. started to build a little bit more value. You know how you said you gave three prices. Mm-hmm. What we started to do was to talk. Obviously, we did an assessment. You have to, t- if you really do a right assessment, if you ask me, you're going to start to get a little nitty gritty. You're going to talk about people's assets and what they have to protect and things like that. Because really, that's ideally what you're in the end trying to do in, in the event of a serious loss that they've caused. So what we would do is, and again, I'm going to really refer to personal lines and personal autos at this point, because these mm-hmm. are the conversations I was familiar with. Um, you would, I would start to even quote some of the, not even bare minimum coverage, but middle of the line liability coverages with them. And then I'd even go to the higher end and I'd say, so here, this one would give you adequate protection. This one will give you a little bit more, but look at the price difference. It's really not that much more to get this much more protection. So instead of your example, Nicole, where you're like, this will save you this much a year, this much year, I was, we kind of flipped it and Mm -hmm. said, here's actually the coverage you really need. But because of the cost per thousand, I can bump you up for a little extra protection as you got, as you're, as you keep building your career and making more money, you'll have this in place and it's not that much more money to get you extra protection. And you'd be surprised when you give people those options, they could still take the one that protects them just fine. But again, we also planned a little bit ahead too, because we were t- dealing with people building careers and families and things like that. So right. and a lot of, you'd be surprised that a lot of people for the value, when you break it down like that, they would actually be open to it. You know, Mm -hmm. like we've talked, it's the same difference, you know, Nicole and I, she gave a good example earlier, we go to these stores and, and if you learn to buy in bulk over the end, you know, in the long run for at a grocery store, if it's going to save you a lot of money, you'll actually pay extra now for the bulk price, because you're going to save in the long run, it's going to protect you longer for the lesser amount of money. I guess it's the same thing, right? It is. Yeah. And you need to understand the personality type of the client. Like my husband's extremely analytical. He will stand there at Sam's club and calculate how much each item is compared to if we go to Aldi or if we go wherever for whatever it is, and he will figure it out sometimes down to the ounce. I love this man, but we are very opposite. (laughs) (laughs) on some things. Um, But, you know, if you can identify that you're working with an analytical person, that would be a very good thing to explain per thousand, you know, what it's going to be. If you've got someone like me, I need the story behind it. I need to know how it's going to affect my family. I need to feel good, how it's going to help me as I go through different stages in my life. And I will say, I'm an average consumer. I would consider my husband and I to be average consumers. Most of the time, I would say nine out of 10 times, as we are looking to make a big purchase, we do our research, you know, does anybody even read consumer reports anymore? Because my husband does. Um, so yeah, it does. Yeah, <laughs> lump them in that generation. But, you know, we do the research, you know, you do your research online. We try to educate yourself before you're making a purchase, whether this is an appliance package, it's a vehicle, it's your life insurance, it's your auto insurance, whatever it may be. 
nine out of 10 times after my husband has done all that research and he gives me some sort of a presentation practically on what makes the most sense for how we're going to use it. Nine times out of 10, we choose the middle package, whatever that is. You know, not the most expensive appliances, not the least expensive appliances, something in the middle with a warranty plan of some sort. Nine times out of 10. So I say, as it, whether you are a personal lines producer or commercial lines producer, give three options because you can almost guarantee most people are going to choose the middle. They don't want to be cheap, cheap, cheap and get the least amount of coverage over here. They don't want to overspend and have too much coverage. They're going right for the middle. It's like the three pairs, right? Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're going to go for what feels just right for you. So I would, that's another good piece of advice um, to sell more on value than on price. Just know that most people are going to go for that middle range. Now I will say this because we were a wholesaler and yes, we work on hard to place risk. And I know people come to us in those moments of need when they really don't know where else to go, but don't come to us just to give another price comparison to a commercial client and use us. Don't use and abuse us. Please don't right, use and abuse right. us. Right, Dana? Yeah, just to say, see how good you have it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that, really, you yeah, know. Exactly. But I will tell you, just to go back on the value part, I, I did feel better knowing that I worked for an agency that didn't want to sell the bare minimum bones just mm-hmm. to sell a policy. That made me feel better in the end of the day too. And because you started to learn the value, then you really got better at teaching the value and mm-hmm. you got the right clients in the end, you know? So I, I actually think they were able to retain a lot of business that way. Cause you got the value up front. Yeah. Value. Yeah. And you can shape the discussion or the perception of the person you're working with. If you answer or lead with questions and answers to these questions is, okay, what risk are we reducing for you? Start by leading with that. You know, what positive will come out of this for you? If this happens, this is how your policy is going to react. But this is all part of that relationship building. You can't do this with a stranger on the street. You have to ask questions. You have to probe. I'm not saying you need to know you know, severe details of their life, but you need to be gathering facts to understand pain points for them of why they're coming to you, where they came from and connect with that. And, you know, finding those gaps in coverage and explaining, okay, you didn't have this over here, but now you've got this and it will help you for X, Y, Z, you know, identifying those things and leading with that. And then at the end, what will you save? And this isn't necessarily always premium dollars as well. Like if they were overprotected or their uninsured or underinsured coverage didn't match what they had here, or was it stacked or was it non-stacked? Did it have to be stacked? Do they only have one vehicle? Like all of those sorts of things that can really fly under the radar if someone's not doing proper insurance reviews. That's another thing you can sell on. Not just the value of the coverages, but how you are going to act as their insurance professional. I'm going to meet with you annually. We're going to review what's going on, see if we can find savings for you. If something's changed in your life and you no longer need this coverage or your kids have moved out, you don't need blah, 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 blah. Like that's the other thing, the service that you're going to provide to them, how you make yourself available to them. And this all comes in identifying the needs of the client in that relationship building. So I always bring it back to this. Yes, you know, sell on value, not on price, but it all starts with your relationship building. Do you agree, Dana? Yes, I'm the only person. Sure. 
nope nope and and like like i said the, the more relationship you can build with these people the more they'll refer you the more you'll retain i just it's always a win-win if you can get the relationship yeah. up front and you can actually get the give them the better product for the right premium you mm-hmm. know and and it all ends up working out for everybody you Definitely. have their, you show them you have their best interest in heart. Mm-hmm. Really, that's what it comes down to. It shouldn't be about you, the sales. I'm sorry. I, no, it's about them, and that's what I I take took pride in when I sold it up front to those people. And I think that's what's most important to show them that you care about them and that you're looking to protect them in the best way and most affordable as well. I mean, but mm-hmm. you could but you got to show them this is why you need this protection. And this is how much that protection costs. And people are are willing to pay that if they know it will protect them. Right. And, you know, I know it's very easy and technology and raters and everything have made it very easy for us to be transactional. If you are transactional with your clients and you simply take their deck page, copy the information, throw it into a rater, spit out the cost that you have and email it over to them, you're not going to keep those clients. No. And I hate to say it at this day and age, people don't need you to do that. No, they can go online and do it themselves. Yeah. They really don't need you to do that. So if they're reaching out to you, you have the opportunity to explain the value in yourself and in the coverages that they're choosing. So I know that the internet and everything now can be a detriment to us, but I think it can help us wean out some of those customers that we really don't want in the beginning anyway. If that, I, I don't mean to be so bold, but it really can help wean us out because the ones that oh, are yeah. going to call in and, and really want to maybe look into it further with you, that's your golden opportunity. Absolutely. And if you have ever been a victim of a hit and run, I just had my mirror knocked off and, you know, I have a car that, you know, it's an electronic mirror. It has the, you know, blind spot sensor. It's a heated mirror. Like it's really expensive. Okay. I'm going to pay for it out of pocket because I don't want it to affect my premium. That's a whole other story. But anyways, at the end of the day, if you're a victim of a hit and run and it's more than just a mirror, you're not going to get that fuzzy, warm, cared for feeling by a a 1-800 number. You are going to want to talk to the person who helped you build your coverage and cares about your family and wants to make sure you get back to where you were before the accident. You know? Exactly. My husband, this was years ago before we were even together, Um, he has street parking in front of his house. His car was stolen in the middle of the night and he had a 1-800 number carrier. Okay. His car was stolen and they had to do this investigation of him because a lot of people, I guess, made it seem like their cars were stolen to get another vehicle. It was like he was being interrogated. His vehicle was found. It had been set on fire in a really bad area of town, stripped of everything and set on fire. And he loves his vehicle, by the way. But Instead of being like, hey, I'm really sorry that this happened to you, he was interrogated instead. And in the end, his car was proved to have been stolen and someone set it on fire, this, that, and the other thing. He had such a horrible experience and met me and I'm in insurance and blah, 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 but terrible experience. And he felt like he was being treated like a criminal. And here he is, the victim. Someone stole his stinking car. Like he woke up to go to work and there's no car. That's you know? horrible. Yeah. And we don't think about that. The people who want that transaction, a transactional type of experience when it comes to this, they're going to go online and do it themselves. If someone is coming to you as an independent agency or an independent professional insurance person, 
they want that experience. Maybe they've had that bad experience, but they're coming to you for a reason. Everybody can go online and do it themselves for the most part anymore. So don't treat them like a transaction. Exactly. And dig that, dig a little deeper and really find the reason for their call. Absolutely. Yep. Identify that pain point and find those gaps. It'll help. Great talk guys. We'd love to hear from you. Please email us podcast at Toscano.com. Dana, rock your weekend. You too, Nicole. Bye everyone. And I'm on the roll.